Welcome back to Recruiter Insights. This is a podcast made by Recruiter to give you some insights. Today, we're going to talk about some ugly things that we face during the recruitment. Dun 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 dun. Here's a disclaimer. This episode consists some discriminations content. As for ourselves, although this part of our jobs, we highly discourage these attitudes and is not aligned with us as a recruiter and recruiter's insights value. As part of this industry, we will try our best to reduce and remove the discrimination. Long way to go, but we are on the way. Here's Recruiter Insights Disclaimer. Dun 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 dun. No, actually, we do a lot of roles. Then, for different roles, we usually need to talk to more than ten, more than twenty people. So sometimes we need we will see different kind of people as candidates, and also sometimes we since we have different roles, then we have the different clients with some ridiculous requirements. Also, their demand based on their circumstances. Yeah, so this kind of thing. So I guess today is、uh, worth to share about some of the information or some of the situation that we face during our jobs as a recruiter. So actually, I posted a story on our Instagram accounts before, guys. Please follow. Yes, we post a story、uh, asking about like what is the things that you hate about the recruiters. Maybe we can start from the responses from、uh, Instagram. Then we can talk about more of the ugly things that we face while doing our jobs, lah. So actually, I guess the very common one is like, "Hey, why this recruiter MIA me?" Ah,、uh? yes, I also got that kind of response. Always MIA goes me. But do actually MIA to candidates? Actually, a lot of recruiters do that. Yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> everyone has a lot of work to do, right? And you have a lot of <laughs> candidates. To be honest, like for me personally, I always make it a point to update my candidates no matter what.、Uh-huh. Um, sometimes I do forget, but I always tell my candidates every time I interview them, if you don't hear from me, please catch up me. I will give you an update. Oh yeah.、Um, I tell them, don't worry, I will definitely update you. But if for some reason I don't update you, it's most likely because my client didn't come back to me and. Um, maybe I didn't manage to follow up fast enough,、uh-huh. but you know, within the next one to two weeks, if I don't get back to you, please catch up me. Please text me because you should get an answer. Yeah. Um. So that's what I do, lah. But I also have heard this thing from my candidates, like, ah, yeah, I have very bad experience with recruiters because they never get back to me. They just hilang orang on me. So yeah, it just happened, lah. Yes, I'm guilty of this too. So <laughs> <laughs>、oh, today is a confession. <laughs> confession time. Please forgive me. I'm guilty of this. Ah,、uh, most of the time I will also do the same. Like what Andrea said, I will, knowing that I might forget to come back to the candidate, I will always remind the candidate. Ah,、uh, please come back to me. I will give a timeline. Like in two weeks' time, please come back to me and ask if there is any progress. If not, ah.、Uh, If I remember, most of the time I will tell myself to remember, especially when clients come back with feedback. I will get back to them, but I won't get back to them immediately <laughs> because、mm. there were times when my candidate or my client、uh, will give me an update that you know they don't like this candidate、mm. or not suitable.、Mm, I、yeah. won't consider. But、mm. after a few days, the client changed their mind and said, "I actually wouldn't mind giving this candidate a chance." You know what would happen if I. Tell the candidate, sorry, you didn't get shortlisted, or you were not good enough for them. Few、mm-hmm. days later, and I tell them, 
now they want you. How would you feel, right, as a candidate? You're like, yeah, yeah, am I the yeah. second choice? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's true that uh, there are times that recruiters don't come back to you when they reject you, especially. Uh, but you can always ask them. Yeah. Drop them a note mm-hmm. and ask them for permission. But, but send them an email. But you know, most of the time also, the reason why we can't really update you is because we don't get back from our clients. Yeah. Client mm. has not updated us, so we have nothing to tell you. We are also chasing. And sometimes, although sometimes the clients ghost us, like we cannot yeah. do anything from there. It's like, I really want to give you something, but I couldn't. Yeah, and most of the time we chase clients. Like we work so hard to send you suitable candidates. Now, why are you not answering me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. mm. But I think when I first joined, I am guilty as well that I didn't get back to the candidates. Yeah. But I'm not as good as you guys telling them that like, please follow up with that with us. Like, if you don't get back with any answers or anything like that. But thank God the candidate did actually follow up back with me, even though I didn't say anything. So thank you, candidate. Whoever <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> Always catch out your recruiters. Mm-hmm. Always disturb them. Yes. Yes. I think external recruiters, generally, they will tell you the reasons when you approach them or when you catch out them. Internally, I'm not quite sure. Maybe they have too many candidates that they have to liaise with or work with and there are times where they just, you know, accidentally forget about you. Mm-hmm. And also sometimes it's just like, um, they don't want to reject you, but sometimes they want, just want to keep you in view. Yeah, I agree. Maybe there are times where they are not sure about you yet. Mm. They want to put aside and see what are the other better candidates out there. So in this stage, right, they can neither reject or so accept they you. KIV you. Yeah. Yes, you're under the KIV category. Yeah, it sucks. Eh? It kind yeah. of sucks, but also it keeps you... It's like, a, I know you are a good candidate. I don't want to reject you. Um, but... To hear that I've been KIV as a candidate is very, it's not nice lah. It's yeah. not a nice Yeah, feeling. thinking thinking about it like later on if if the person is being accepted after being kept in view or anything like that, I think so the there'll be some sort of friction between the candidate and the hiring manager, don't you think so? Yeah, most of the time I think we won't tell the candidate that you've been KIV. Yeah, I mm. won't tell. It's yes. quite sensitive. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, if I was a candidate, I would take it a bit. A bit negatively, yeah. Right? yeah, and yeah, this is one of our challenges, being a recruiter. Another thing is, I found my friend say like after he finished the final round of the interview, mm-hmm. the company suddenly say, "Oh, sorry, we cannot afford you." Or suddenly say, "Your to- notice period is too long; we cannot wait." Ah, yo, <laughs> sad. That's sad. Is this true a uh, internal one or I'm external? not sure. I'm not sure is it internal or external. Mm-hmm. I think if external then the recruiter it actually is not really doing their job. Yeah, yeah normally mm-hmm. external we will at least ask what the candidate is getting or they're expected mm-hmm. and yeah. tell them our budget. It's all upfront, like your notice period, everything is informed to client beforehand, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, correct. Yeah. If it's not if it doesn't match what the requirements, then we would tell the candidate upfront like sorry, this is not for you. They are not willing to stretch the budget for you mm. and hence you are not a suitable candidate. Like yeah. we will not go through the process. Yeah. We don't want to, we don't so want to waste time too. It makes me wonder why did they go through with all the interview processes? It's wasting the candidate's time as well mm. as 
their time. Yeah. Right. If they didn't like go through the CV, most probably they didn't go through the CV or the notes properly. Or there is another reason. Ah. There's another reason why, but then they use this as a reason to reject the candidate. Like, oh, no, this period too long. Sorry, we can't wait for you. Ah. But actually, maybe they prefer another candidate and they don't want to tell you like that you're a bad candidate or anything like that. Yeah, sometimes people use surface excuses to reject you. Sure. But I also got client that offer my candidate um, uh, a pay cut. Mm. Imagine them knowing that you'll be getting promotion on that's what you'll be getting. After the interview, the client liked the candidate, but offer them a very low salary, even lower than what they're getting. Huh? Man. Then what's yes. the point? Exactly, yes, then what's the change. point? I'm like, why are you interviewing this candidate? Or, and if you don't have the budget. Wasted time. It is. Wasted both the clients and the candidates and our time as well. <sighs> I wonder what's the reasoning behind it though. Don't you think in the first place, if you're offering something like lower than their current salary, they would never accept? They think they are really good enough with the candidate to jump mm. like that. I think sometimes their justification is that Yes, you have the knowledge and skills, but you don't have the industry exposure. So I can, I mean, having a low budget, I probably can justify why am I giving you a lower salary, which is not good. It's bad. Like, it's very frustrating uh, for us as a recruiter, as well as for the candidate. I think it's kind of like doesn't really believe in the candidate also. Like, if mm-hmm. you don't yeah. believe the ability, then why don't you want to <clears throat> offer me? You can just straight away reject me in this case. If I don't, if you believe that I'm not that capable to take up the role itself. Yeah, true. I have like one incident whereby the candidate was not that strong enough, uh, but he applied for a permanent role for about like, let's just say he asked for like 7K. Um, but the company offered him a contract role, which is much lower than what he expected, which is around like 300 ringgit increment from the current role he's doing. So in that sense, we actually advise to the hiring company itself that you don't have to offer this to him if you're not confident enough that he'll be able to complete his job. Yeah. Uh, so because like if you don't tell them this, it might ruin the company's reputations because the candidate might go out and tell like, oh, you know, this company actually offered me lower, lower salary. And, like, yeah, contract yeah. role. Damage has been done. Yeah, so we have to play this kind of role whereby we have to educate the client that we don't have to offer if you don't want to. So the candidate actually can move on and find a better job opportunity. Mm. I think on that note of like salary, we always, like this was, this is one struggle, right? If our client, um, if our client offers something lower um, than what candidate is getting, but also when the percentage increase is very low, (laughs) (laughs) so when percentage increase is low then we are kind of like we question it of course and you know especially when it's lower than what the candidate asked for way lower than what the candidate asked for then Mm. we have to find ways to um, kind of like sell the opportunity again to our candidates but we also question our clients like okay this is a small increase what benefits do you have or Mm. how do you think we can share this with our candidate to make them or to attract them la. then of course all the non-monetary things come in la, or you know career progression la, 
better work-life balance lah, all these kind of things. I got more benefit, more medical benefits, all these things, <laughs> which sometimes are things that candidates don't care about, certain yeah. candidates. So then you go with candidate care, like, do you hear yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I feel myself also feel it sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't say it sucks, oh, I feel okay. myself to you. So like, that's our struggle, right? We're the middle people. We have to act in our client's best interest, but also in candidate's best interest. We have to make sure we try and fight for our candidates as best as we can, but also fight for our clients. I think this is well. the hardest part of recruitment. Eh? Like yeah. you need to change different kind of the hats yeah. and to really representing both sides and try to fight for both sides' interests. Wow, I feel yes. like it's quite an art. Mm. Yeah. And I think salary negotiation or offer stage is the most crucial stage in recruitment. Yes. You either make it or break the deal. Yes. Yeah, right. and, and that's Actually, for me, like, the most challenging part of this job is salary negotiation. And it's something that you can't just read a book and then you know how to do it. Mm. You have to experience mm. it. You have to go through the, the wins and the losses and the different, different situations and different people. Because we're dealing with people, right? So everybody is different. Yeah, correct. And everyone wants different things and everyone sees things differently. Like recently I had a case of candidate looking from one perspective, client looking from a totally different perspective. They are not on the same page anymore. Mm. Candidate says like, you know, I, I don't care so much about this work-life balance thing. I want the money. Wow. Client saying, we are offering you work-life balance. And we're like, no, this is not syncing up at all. So then, you know, we have to try and get both parties to see from each other's perspective. And that's really tough. Mm. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, Candidate is all about money. Money first, then the role, the exposure, mm. and the company. Mm. Yes. And right. when the clients are being very stingy with the budget, that's where our struggle is. Yeah. To help the candidate to see the non-monetary benefits. Mm. Is this something after the COVID, after the pandemic? Or is it something after the pandemic? Or is it has before been happening pandemic. even before the pandemic? Like about the budget, the constraints? I think pre and post, there are already these kind of cases, but I realized, uh, especially post-pandemic or we're entering endemic stage right now, candidates are very choosy. It's the candidate's market nowadays. Right? Yes. They will feel like, even if I don't join your company, I'm not losing out. There are mm. other many companies or opportunities that I will get out there, which will pay me better with better exposure. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think these days also, um, like candidates are choosy, not just at the end stage, but even before exploring an opportunity, it's like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't even want to try. <laughs> it's not, it's not, I don't think I will like it, you know, um, mm. in that way. Yeah, I think the two most challenging stage in our job is the attracting candidates. Like after you've done the sourcing, right, you've identified, oh, my gem, <laughs> but they are not looking out. Yeah. Yeah. Not interested. Not interested. I only want MNC. I only mm. want salary. I only want title. Then you go back to them with like, okay, it's not what you want. Yeah. You move on to another person and the person will tell you the same thing. <laughs> mm. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And this doesn't happen like one, two candidates. It goes on for like, what, 20, 30 candidates? 
right? Yeah. So yeah. we have to deal with a lot of rejection. Yeah. yeah. Every day. Actually, I have a question here. Like, do you think like if we work in a bigger uh, recruitment firm, they will get a bigger client? Definitely. Is it? Yeah. Yes. I think the bigger firm has big, big names, right? They are the yeah. big boys. And uh, they have already built their brand. And when mm. all these bigger clients or MNCs think of, oh, I need recruitment help, the first thing that you can think of is all the big guys out there la, to, mm. to help you. Whereas I think a smaller firm like us might have some disadvantages. Yeah. Uh, we might have to... But the good thing about us is that we get to work with both MNCs and local clients. Right? Yeah. Yes, we, we do still have that chance. Maybe a bit less, but mm. we do. Yes. Mm. And I don't think every candidate fit into MNC culture yeah. or yes. enjoy right, the yeah. MNC environment. There are some that would thrive or do even better in the smaller companies. Yeah. I got a friend like purposely say that he doesn't like MNC. He doesn't like the MNC style, doesn't like the politics inside, doesn't mm. like the way that uh, difference levels do. He's like, wow, cannot right. he wants to bit... do MNC in SME more. Correct. Yeah, a right. bit more transactional, results-driven. Mm. Mm. I pay you, do your work. That's mm. it. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, I think so. People also like startup companies. It's because of the, like, the working environment they start to bring in, which is more of a... More you energetic. Know, actually. Yes, yes, mm. correct. And also, they implement some like um, activities in the office itself, yeah. like putting up a foosball or like a vending mm. machine. Or the even yeah, the fun yeah. stuff. Yes, yes. As I saw, like previous officers do have like massage machines and wow. all. Wow, massage I want that. Yep, so yep. Nice. they do have massage chairs. Mm, true. I feel like people who join startup, they are very more purpose driven. Mm. Mm. Like I want to join this startup because I can relate to the purpose of what they are offering in mm. this job. Oh, like correct. the thrill and challenge of starting something new. Yeah, that initial yes. growth. Like you can really make a impact inside yeah difference yeah. yes and i think so they also can vibe around the same age group probably the ceo of the startup company is around is young you know more 30s. or less around the same age yeah, yeah. yeah correct correct although there is that um wow factor or that twinkle in your eyes when you see a sexy company or a sexy brand mm. <laughs> that you're like yes oh my goodness i finally get the opportunity to work with this huge mnc or this huge brand um, that is very appealing also la, where so if you get an offer from that big sexy company versus a small startup you know I've seen a lot of candidates who see the value in the startup but then still go for the established brand yeah because startup might not be able to pay correct yeah. the instability yeah, yeah. Also yeah. depending on funds good name on a CV yeah good name on CV yeah. mm. so there's another thing I also saw like when people ask like uh, in the response they say recruiters ask a lot of questions that is stated in my resume that is so boring <laughs> <laughs> well sometimes they ask maybe they want you to <clears throat> explain further like a generic question for you to explain a little bit about the role and then from there they will ask you to explain further mm-hmm. or break it down yeah, I guess it's more of like elaboration on your CV. But also like a lot of people, the thing that's on their CV is a JD that was given to them when they first started the job. Yes, and that may not be necessarily what you are doing. 
Because mm. I have interviewed candidates, it says there la digital marketing. Actually, you talk to them, they don't do anything related to digital marketing. Yes, they right. only do social media content writing. Oh. So that is not digital marketing as a whole. Like digital marketing is very broad, ma. Mm. Yes, so yes. you know, you sometimes it's not specific enough or um and yes, asking questions according to resume can be frustrating. Like, hey, I already wrote everything here. Why are you asking me this again? But maybe this recruiter doesn't actually understand what you do. So maybe you need to paint a picture to this recruiter so that this recruiter can help you, help sell you better lah, mm. to their client. And also, I think, so they would want to know, like, to what extent are you doing this job? You yeah. know, probably, like you say, digital marketing, to what extent? Like, like what she said earlier, it's like social media related or anything else. So in that point, you can actually elaborate lah. And also, I want to know how good in your job, because like I can say like, oh, I do recommend, I source candidate, I interview candidate, then I send CV, I close deal. It's like, but how well you're doing your job actually mm. is hard to explain in the CV. Then yeah. I want to ask like, eh, actually how you do this ah? Like in which way you do that? What kind yeah. of thing you face? And I want to know more about that. So there is something that said on the CV, but I want to know something that is outside from the CV. Mm. Okay. Yeah, true. Because in your JD, in your JD blog, in your CV, you might tell the whole thing of what you do. But in actual fact, you're only doing one part because mm. you haven't even told the recruiter how's the structure like in that. I have question, in your I have group. Have you ever seen some CVs that is extremely good and you uh, interview a candidate is extremely suck? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because they don't know how to explain what they do. <laughs> Is it because they don't know explain what they do or they, they kind of like just make a very attractive CV? Yes, I think sometimes they just put all the buzzwords out there. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, they are the one doing the operations. <laughs> the <laughs> brain behind it, right? Yeah. It's the bigger boss. Mm. Um, or they are not able to really articulate what they're doing they're yes, not able to right. carry themselves in a certain way mm. that your client needs so actually yeah. for, for my roles more into the IT roles I feel like uh, they do good resume uh, but then when you speak to them they can't explain much but mm. when they speak into like technical terms mm. that's where they can go in detail mm. so I feel like you know like when talking to us recruiters they are very like basic level but when they do talk to the like hiring managers which is much more technical terms and what they do as a system what programming code and all then they are much more in detail in that area so sometimes they're not well they can't explain well on what they do but in terms of technical wise they are very good yeah maybe when true. they explain the technical terms to us we'll be lost as well yes yeah. yes yeah. that's why we'll make it into mm. like layman terms can you speak to us on more more layman I think terms able to yes. explain a layman term actually show some seniority yes, or correct. Yeah, correct. That really. and that actually what we're talking about now reminds me of when we share information about a particular job opportunity to candidates we as recruiters don't understand everything technical yeah. and we don't have all the information, right? So when candidates ask us like all these specific questions, you know, they're like, dude, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> to be very honest, I have to be very honest with them. Like, I actually do not know the answer to all your questions. I can try and help to ask, but I think it's more beneficial if you ask my client when you get shortlisted for interview. Like what are the important things you need to know now to decide that you're interested in the opportunity? Because that's my job, right? To get you interested. But mm. yeah, that gets frustrating for me because like I'm like, I, I actually don't know. Like when you ask me all these things, like does this client use this particular thing? I 
I don't know and I don't know how crucial it is to you making this decision. So that's why I have to tell them lah, like as a recruiter, I only open the door for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But to find out more, you need to yeah. step inside. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, uh, even more frustrating is that when we ask the hiring manager, what do you want? And they don't even know what they want. Yeah. <laughs> like when they don't even know what they want, when candidates ask so many questions, we'll be stuck. I hate. I hate. I the don't even know how to explain to the candidate. I hate the times where I like I get a job that is without JD. I was like, how I explain oh, to the candidate? <laughs> <laughs> Only can get some of the information is like, oh, I know this guy at this company. They are finding this person is doing this, but I don't have the JD at the moment. I was like, I know, I know, I sound very really ridiculous. I know, <laughs> but I can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Then a client also asking us like, can you drop out a JD? Is I don't. I would get from yes, you. We normally Google it yeah. from everywhere, craft out a JD and ask our client, "Does it sound like what you want?" Mm. And the client would say yes. So when we send a candidate, then they have their doubts. <laughs> yeah. Is this rare or like it does commonly happen? To me, I face it. With no JD, no JD. Mm. It yeah. is very common. common. Most of my job has no JD, and I think a parent. In the world of HR, mm-hmm. JD meant JD means nothing. Like you can list down the generic one, but towards the end of the day, you just need to ask the hiring manager what are your area of focus. You can say HRBP, but the focus are mainly HRBP doing recruitment, retention, and development. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a HRBP kind of job. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, these are our challenges that that we face. We have to work with ambiguity yeah. in our yeah. job. Yeah, mine also like when I saw saw I asked like the clients like uh which uh what kind of the JD you want just like oh I want this 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 kind of person then I'm like okay then I go find a JD because you know like a lot of like when you went up to more man senior management level actually the job is about the same no matter what industry for my case like because I handle more engineering roles now yeah actually I can really find like oh this person. Or working in the maybe different kind of paper mills, then can go to this like different uh pro like producing different products like maybe uh food maybe like wardrobe maybe furnitures manufacturing plants but they can do their job no matter it's easy they can do their job mm-hmm. sometimes I also wonder why they can do that but I think. I saw. I talked to different people. Different talk to different candidates. They are really switching in this kind of things, like doing factoring, doing furniture, going into maybe suddenly food industry. Yeah, oh. skills that can be applied in different yeah. industry, but basically it's the same thing. Yeah, basically it's the same thing. I just need to mm. see this, 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 this in mm. point, and yeah, this company will works one like that. Mm. So that's why they. I think the reason why they are lazy to draft our CV also like that. We want to see you in person. They want to ask. Like what kind of question you have? Like what? How capable you can do the job? True, true. I just thought of another ugly things or annoying things we face as recruiters. You know, like most of the time, sometimes clients post their job ads on LinkedIn or different platform, and then when you talk to this candidate and they say, "Oh, I have not explored with this client before," and we plan to, you know, interview the candidate and eventually. Send a profile to this potential client, but this candidate go behind our back. Two days yeah. later, oh my goodness, applied directly into LinkedIn. And now, when we send finally send out the CV, and the client will say, "Actually, we have it in our database." 
So I don't need you to represent him anymore. Blame table. <laughs> so this is a very annoying thing. It feels like, you know, you have lost our trust. Lah. Like yeah. I will not come back to you again. Like I have told you about the role. What you could have done is like, at least trust us to represent you to send to a candidate and do something for you. You can listen back to our first episode because we are talking about this, like what's the benefits that you as a recruiter instead of you apply yourself. Yeah. Yes. Make it sure you like, listen. It's very fascinating. I've experienced this a few times, many times actually, um, where, you know, I approached you as a candidate and then you go behind my back and apply. But I've also faced it the other way around with the client. Um, when you trust a client enough to have open communication with them and tell them, okay, I'm targeting this, this candidate. Um, you know, I'm, I'm talking to, I'm in conversation with this candidate. I am going to send you their profile and this client go behind my back and approach the candidate directly. And then, you know, of course, in that, in that situation, I cannot fault 100% because I didn't send the CV through. But then that trust also is broken now. Between me and the client, like, hey, I'm working in partnership with you. Yeah, that's Why really did unethical. you need to go behind my back and approach this candidate? And this candidate also lagi went and just lie on the client. Mm-hmm. And I go and talk to the candidate, hey, why? Why do you do this? So, like, this ownership thing is is an ugly side, I guess, of, of this recruitment thing. Like, yeah, we are yeah. here as, I guess we're agents, right? We're the middle people. We're, we're trying to help you. But in the end, people think that they can get a better chance or shot without us, which I guess it, it, it's a struggle to think about it because we can actually help you. We are a very, very good um, platform in a way to help you. But when you try to do things another way around, you also kind of burn bridges with us and you're limiting yourself lah, because if it doesn't work out with this company, too bad lah, I'm not going to help you already. Yeah. yeah. And most of the time, we can give you more insights like after you talk to the client and let's say you get shortlisted for an interview, we can find out for you like feedback from hiring managers. Yeah, there with you every step. Rather than way. you applying in directly and, and then, you, then you don't hear back and then yeah, and then you get angry. This yeah. is what happened. So, <laughs> that being said, if an internal recruiter approaches you like and you didn't go through an external recruiter before like like, it's the first time you heard about it through an internal recruiter. By all means, go through the internal recruiter. Lah. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, if if you didn't go through that internal recruiter in the beginning, then maybe a while later, you talk to an external recruiter and then you were convinced, then you have to decide lah, who do you want to go through, the internal or the external. But you know the benefits of, then you make a decision, lah, I guess. Yeah, okay, by all, by the internal recruitment means it's the in-house HR, so which means it's the HR that representing that company. But for external recruiters like us, that we are working in an agency but representing our clients, which is the client's company. Mm, mm, correct. Okay. Clients yeah. pay us a fee to help them look for talent. So we are called an external recruitment yeah. company or external recruiter. So besides the orders, like going backdoor from us, like what else the things that you heard from client that list like some of the requirements lah that is quite ridiculous. Oh, recently I have this client uh, who is only looking for a certain race. So most of the time, our clients has a preference for a certain race. Mm. Uh, 
and and they will explain uh, like some of the reasons are valid because they say that you know many majority of the people in our company or for this department are of a certain race or we have dealt with another country which will require a certain language of mm. a certain race so there's this client um, they are also looking for a certain <laughs> certain race and uh, the reasoning are very basic or oh, many our clients are particularly targeting a certain market, market or audience uh, but that's just it so I think recently because it's a tough role they're in trading company and they are a smaller SME so not a lot of attractive points uh, for candidates out there who are looking for you know, only MNC money and all that uh, so we managed to push through a candidate that is not of their preference uh, good news is that they interviewed the candidate bad news because they took a while to say yes to interviewing this candidate she has gotten another job offer oh, so that sucks and when I asked them you know what do you like about this candidate what is good and it's like oh I'm, I'm surprised I'm impressed I'm like the I told you already <laughs> <laughs> this is very common this discrimination yeah, uh, yeah. In, at the workplace um, so I've also faced similar situations of clients wanting a specific race um, and I think there was one client, I will, it's a long story, but I'll try to keep it short. Uh, they, want, they didn't actually mention, they said, I don't want race X. That's all they said. I don't want race X. We got so many races, right, in the country. They just said they don't want a specific race, which, okay, is already racist. Um, but fine, we ran the assignment. And I found candidates of race Y. And then there's also race Z, right? So race Y, I'm not sure whether they would consider race Y, but never mind, just try. And this candidate was a star, star, star candidate. And the hiring manager interviewed this candidate and said this candidate is perfect, meets all our requirements, but we are not going to hire this candidate because this candidate is of race Y. <laughs> but this client said they only don't want race X, but then I sent race Y, the one also. So actually, they want race Z, lah, but they didn't specifically say they want race Z. So the reasoning was because they had a bad experience with race Y. One bad experience with race Y. And because of that, in this generalized stereotype, and I guess this is very common everywhere around the world, right? Um, when you stereotype people and you generalize. But this person had everything you wanted, but just because of the race, you, you reject. And that was very heartbreaking for me, lah, because really I found the right candidate for you, but you don't want to hire. <laughs> Walao. Yeah. Frustrating, lah. Um, yeah. So this happens a lot. And in that way, we cannot control it. We did try to push back and to educate client. Client, this, you know, I know you, you said for race X, the one, this one is not even race X. But, and, and we have nothing against race X also, but we were trying to point out to a client, hey, why don't you look at skill set? Maybe it's time to change. Say, no, in our company, majority is race Z. So we need race Z. But it's not a language thing. It's a skill set thing, you know? So, so it was just very, very ter a terrible situation. We had to try and push, but unfortunately, it didn't work out. Lah. Um, so in the end, they hired somebody of race Z, lah, which they wanted. Um, so 
in that case, it's ugly, right? <laughs> this whole situation, yes. racism. Yeah, like you found the star candidate and it's written off because, you know, it's not of a particular race. This is a depressing talk now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... I feel like I would, in our job, there are a lot of things that is out of our control. Yeah. And that and is I, tough. And I do think that clients don't understand like the amount of work and time and effort we put into like sourcing out candidates for them. And I feel like uh, when it comes to like silly... Um, silly requirements they would like to add in they don't understand what we go through in the, the other side of like sourcing the candidates and this also same goes to the candidates as well like the amount of work we do put in into like um, talking to the clients for the candidates right yeah i agree and they think that you know we're like the ramon i want I want, I want a unicorn <laughs> I want a unicorn please take out from your database and it's not as easy as that mm. like yeah. like no matter how good you are yes you have a role to hire we still need to find somebody who can fit into the role able to do the job fit into your your company's culture and all that so many things to consider before we talk to that you know talk to like maybe 30 candidates and out of the 30 maybe 5 are relevant and mm. 5 relevant maybe the 3 right will say I'm not looking out I'm not interested in this company so yeah a lot of things are out of control yeah that's I guess when you're a middle person or a recruiter it's like a okay it's not in my control I just have to hope for the best and do like our effort only can take us so far la. life is tough as a recruiter this is a sad conversation. <laughs> well, there are good sides to our job too. Okay, okay. To be frank, when we face those kind of like slight uh, discriminative requirements, we do try to advise our clients. Well, yeah. yeah, I think we try our best to show the data, push it back, and try to justify why uh, we represent the candidate different way. Or yeah, like. Like we try our best like, to push through by showing data and facts uh, to see if there's anything that we can change. But ultimately, it's out of our control because... I think some of the requirements are valid. Although it's discriminative, but I think it's valid. I think this one I can say because I feel like it's not that discriminative in a sense because it's actually this how that industry works. Like. They're not really looking for Chinese candidate. They are looking for someone who can speak Chinese. Oh, did they say why? Like, why must because, this person oh, speak Chinese? Because they are supplying different things to different uh, suppliers. Then all those suppliers are Chinese. What if they only someone Chinese speaking? Yeah, non-Chinese but can speak Chinese. And try. Because some Chinese can't even speak Chinese. Yeah. Mandarin. Yeah. Yeah. I also like that. Yeah. So these are things like... Is some is, I wouldn't say it's discriminative, but yeah. If it's a language requirement, especially if you need to deal with China, uh, yeah. of course you need to speak Mandarin, otherwise yeah. how? Cannot. Cannot. It's, just a, it's like, <laughs> so for this role, I need like someone who can speak French. I wouldn't say it's discriminative. But I don't think if like this comes to like, need someone who can speak Chinese, then this is disc- discriminative. I feel like it's quite ridiculous. Lah. Mm-hmm. Uh. I think another tough thing is that you know, recently I have two clients that come to me, one SME, one big 
large corporate and say that our company worked five and a half days, alternate Saturday. Uh, Whenever I hear this, oh I'm thinking on Saturday, I'm like, hard la, how to help you? Both <laughs> um, also HR. Yeah, both also HR role. And, and when I ask them to justify, right, so this is our culture. I was like, why? Why can't you change? Nope. You find a candidate who is willing to work in this kind of environment, but it's so tough. Basically, you're just cutting 50% of the potential candidates, right? Yeah. To yeah. half already. I feel like this kind of supporting roles, like HR, uh, HR finance, this kind of like more like an operation supporting role is doesn't really require work in five and a half days. You are right. So when I ask them to justify the thing that they said is... You know, usually we do our recruitment drive on a Saturday because candidates are only free to come interview on a Saturday, which I feel like is a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Right. So it's only HR, the other employees in the company, they don't No, the oh, finance, the whole company basically. Whole company. Yeah. Actually, they, in this way, they are cutting their like, possibility to recruit a good candidate also. Yes, you can either choose a older, experienced candidate who doesn't mind doing mm. five and a half days yeah. mm. or they are nearing retirement. But I would say actually most of the engineering company they are doing this. But are mm. you guys willing to work five and a half days? I was working, I used to work five and a half days. Now I work five days. I mean, I wouldn't do it because it really eats into my mm. my. I mean, I'm not even going to get paid that much more for working. Mm, yeah, actually, hours, because right? like, if I calculate that, actually, it's not really worth it. Although yeah. my pay actually get a bit higher, but actually, it doesn't really worth it. Yeah. Because I work five and a half day. And I did hear that you mentioned that you wanted older candidates. Why, why, why don't you look at the younger generation then? I tried. When I mentioned five and a half days, the younger generation, or even the middle, middle level people, 30-ish, 40-ish, Every Saturday, I have kids uh, to fetch to and I, I want to spend yeah, time with my family. It's true. Family time. Family, right, friends. You want, to, I want to go hiking on a Saturday. What if you want to go hiking on a Saturday and your friends say, sorry, I'm working. That's really sad. Mm. Yes, that's, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm coming to, uh, sorry, I need to work on Saturday. I, I come in and uh, sorry, I need to sleep early. I need, tomorrow I need to work. Huh? Tomorrow yes. is Saturday. Tomorrow is Sunday. Sorry, I still need to work. Yeah. and Most we, people don't want. La. I mean, we want... Everyone wants rest, right? Like time for themselves. But but again, some people don't mind. La. Yeah. They just don't mind. They're like, ah, it's just a half day on Saturday anyway. Like, a very small, small, small pool of people. Small, small pool. I, I tell you, that small pool of people, it's just like their first job, start, starting their first job, they work five and a half days already. Then mm. they keep working five and a half days. It's like, okay, yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, they're used to it already. Yeah, they're yeah. used to it already. Okay, so, um, like, during the weekdays, right, is it as hectic as, like, during the weekdays, the Saturday? Or is I it less think hectic? it's, it's less hectic on a Saturday, but mm-hmm. having to come to work half day on a Saturday is actually taking a lot of your time. La. Imagine, like, coming in at 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, right, leaving by 2 o'clock. By then, half your day is gone. Yeah. <laughs> and... Yeah, normally people wouldn't want unless I don't know. I don't know if even if the company is paying super well, most of the time when I tell candidate, hey, it's a five point five day work. Oh, okay. 
No, call me back when you have a other five day job. <laughs> Definitely not five point five days. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> but it's very interesting, you know, because we have. I mean, in in our workforce today, we have people who, of course, on paper, on your offer letter, is five days a week. But then you still work on weekends, right? Like there are a lot of professions who, you know, you have to work lah. You have overtime work, or you have campaigns on weekends, or you have, you know, auditing to do, and you have to work throughout the mm. weekend, like consulting work throughout the weekend. Yes. Um, but it's just not you're not held to it by a piece of paper. Um, but you don't mind, like, I mean, you have no choice, like, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think if you're in consulting, you have, you have no you choice. You have to work 24-7 sometimes. A lot of e-commerce companies have to work, play, hello, all these payday sale and things like that. Wow. <laughs> yes, have yes, to you have to work long hours on weekends. Crazy. I'm sure you have to work on weekends, but, and it's not that, of course, you mind it, but you have to do it, so you do it anyway. And yet, five and a half days, people do one. You know what I mean? So, it's like double like, standards in a way, but also you just don't want to be held by a yeah. piece of paper. La. It's but not like black and white. Yeah, uh, like if I, if I today decide not to work on a Saturday because it's not on black and white, then I'll be fine. Right. It's my right. My company will not come against me. Yeah. But um, to, coming back from like candidate side, la, as you guys, recruiters, do we work actually five days or seven days? What do you oh guys think? Oh my goodness. I have Dangerous. done. I have done occasionally interview on a Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, but most of the time I decline candidates because usually we will talk to candidates and say, "Hey, I would like to do a at most like, thirty minutes to an hour video chat with you." Uh, previously, before the pandemic was meet up face to face, and candidate was like, "Can you do you work on a Saturday?" No, no. I would rather interview at eight o'clock <laughs> on a weekday. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's a Saturday, but I've done it occasionally for uh, specific people, like senior ones that I know that they are super relevant, like my client would definitely want. Then I would find sacrifice. sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> Not sacrifice la. For you, I will come. For you. Wow. <laughs> for you, I will. I will. Please, please accept the job. <laughs> I mean, for me, I try not to lah. I really just tell them, sorry, I don't work on weekends. I really tell them I don't work mm-hmm. on yeah, weekends. Yeah, yeah, most of the time we don't. That being said, like, I understand also candidates very busy, whole day cannot. So sometimes yeah. candidates will say like, it's okay, I'll take leave to talk to you. I say, no, 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 please don't do that because I need you to take leave to talk to my client. I don't need <laughs> it to take leave to talk to me. But so yeah, lo, then you end up doing after work interviews at 8 p.m. and all that, which I don't prefer. So I try and push for lunch hour. It's okay, lunch hour, but then, you know, people are not free. And I think maybe during the pandemic, it was a bit easier when people were working from home and a bit more flexibility with time. It's like, okay, I can just, you know, uh, after my meeting with my boss, I'll just talk to you for half an hour. That's my break time. And then it works out. But yeah, now when things are going back to normal, it's a lot harder lah. So yes, correct, correct. Maybe not 24-7 working, but <laughs> I do sacrifice some of my... Yeah, day. how about you, Hari? Um, I feel like previously when I just started off, I was working five days a week. Yeah. But now currently, like more roles and like different types of candidates and clients needs updates like every single time. So in that sense, I feel like Saturdays and Sundays, I take some time to prepare for the next week on what to update the clients and what which candidates to find and all. So in that sense, I'm not actually working, but I'm just preparing for the next week. Yeah, I try to avoid Saturday and Sunday uh, interviews also. Like I say, hey, can you do Saturday? I say, 
it's better that we can do it after working hours. <laughs> yeah. I always say that. Yeah. Uh, always after working hours. I, I, don't, I really don't mind working hours. I can try like 7 or 8. I really don't mind. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes, yes. But like Saturday is like, uh, I'd be lazy. And it's even better also because I feel like sometimes after hour or of peak time, candidates uh, have more time to spend with us and they can share more. And mm. by doing that, we kind of like understand the candidate better. The yeah. mm. hey, some candidates don't want to answer your call when they're on leave or so. Yeah. Hey, sorry, I'm on leave. Please call me back when I'm at work. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Depends on candidate. La. True. I, when we are yeah. on leave or so, candidates will call us. Okay, I, sometimes I reply. I also reply. <laughs> I don't reply. I say, sorry, I'm on leave. Please contact my boss. <laughs> <laughs> Smart moves. I think the first time I took a long leave there, when I'm back in UK, I... I Somehow I ghosted them. Like then, uh, like my boss and my senior also like, eh, uh, did they? What's the candidate saying? I was like, oh shit, <laughs> let me check. I was like, oh shit, you know, like somehow they have time difference there. Then I need to like, oh, oh okay, it's uh midnight there. I knew, oh, it's oh the moon there. So I get up to the faster. I see, I see. Like I had like one 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 time that the candidate was going for an interview. So most of the time, when the candidate goes for interview, we need to be on standby whether the client is has arrived or candidate has arrived. So it was 2 a.m. I had to like stay up and I wait for the candidate to enter the meeting because the client is from US. So the time zone is totally different. So 10 minutes before the interview, the client said that he had emergency meeting. So he can't attend. So the candidate stood up until 2 o'clock and I also stood up until 2 o'clock. So it was a waste of time. Yeah, especially a different time zone. Yes, yes. And it was another time whereby like the, two, the one week I was taking up interviews 8 to 9 is because the candidates were mostly working for Singapore Singaporean companies. So they were fairly busy all the way until 7 o'clock. So 8 to 9 was their break time. Most of the time they are free yet. So she... I interviewed three candidates. It took around like one hour, 30 minutes per candidate. So when I sent over the CV to client, client came back to us saying that they closed the bold. So, so uh, me thinking about it, we spent around like how, um, around four hours plus. It was a total waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one yes, another yes. frustrating point. Like uh, some our works actually, if we didn't make the deal, actually be a waste of our time. Mm-hmm. Yes, we only get rewarded when we close the deal. Yes, but when we right. don't, all the work that we have done previously, uh... mm. But for me, me being a junior, I feel like it was a good experience, la, for me to take up a new role and learning about the roles because the candidates were willing to like explain more in detail mm. about the role. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Actually, I learn a lot when I do this job. Like, yeah, learn, like how different people do their job, like what is this guy doing, what that guy doing, how <laughs> the society runs. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this all done by this kind of person behind the scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've learned how to manage candidates and clients' expectations. Now. Do you feel like after working this role, then you can talk better? Yes. You can communicate better. It's not like you can talk better, you can communicate better. I think after yeah. a while, yeah, definitely you can communicate better because every day you're communicating, communicating with people. Every day you're talking to people. And uh, sometimes, I think earlier we mentioned, right, candidates want to know everything about the job before saying, yes, mm. I want to explore the job. And there are times that we got no, we need to push it back. Lah. Like, is this important to you right now? If not, then uh, we, you can ask these difficult questions to the hiring manager later on. Yeah, I think... I think we learn 
more about how to push people back in a proper way. Yeah. In a more tactful manner. Yes. Yeah. It, it's still right. tough because like you also don't want to make people angry or annoyed. So you have to like, and it's still a learning process. Lah. I think it's like a long-term learning, like, cause, like how to tackle different candidates and how they respond. But yeah, I think I've definitely learned to, um, I've learned how to ask questions to get the information I need. I think, yeah. but but that's very like okay job wise, but also like in communicating with people, it's about trying to empathize. I think like to understand things from their perspective at the same time, try and get them to understand it from your perspective. Like, Most of the time, it's tough. Earlier, yeah, it's very very tough. Earlier on, um, I think one of I had an offer where like wow, I really worked hard hard on this, and the candidate could see like Andrea, yeah, I know you're trying very very hard. But I really, I, I cannot accept this offer. Um, I mean, I wasn't pushing her at all. But I was, she was, she said I was very, I was being very nice. I was doing a very good job. <laughs> she was telling me all the nice things, you know. I'm like, I hate you right now. I hate you so much because you're not accepting this offer for a stupid reason. <laughs> I didn't say that to her. Lah, but um, I still keep in touch with her. I I have not placed her yet, but like I asked her for a lot of referrals. Like, I'm like, you owe me this. She gave you any referrals? She just uh, sometimes, but and then I think she felt bad, lah. I think she also apologized, lah. Like, hey, sorry, lah. You know, because her reasoning was a bit funny, lah. She went and took a counter offer that was lower, and um, I also don't know. She didn't explain it properly, but anyhow, um, what was my point in telling in saying this? I forgot my point, but <laughs> there's so much frustration. <laughs> but I, I think I like, I learned to like, okay, it's okay to, to like, just do your best, give your best for both sides, like candidate and client. And then at the end of the day, close the loop well. Uh. Yeah, learn how to accept rejections. Accept rejection. <laughs> but close the loop well. Yes. Be a big heart. Oh, I, I feel like after working this show for some time, I like, uh, this job can really train me. Yes. Big hearted. More, yes, yes. Yeah. more forgiving, more resilient. Okay, never mind. Move on. <laughs> I'll try again. But, but maybe, a lot of heartbreak. Yeah. But maybe <laughs> it's very emotionally draining. Yeah, it's very emotionally draining because you're working with people. Yeah, people are the most difficult to deal with. And we try to separate our emotions as much as we can. Like, you know, don't be emotional about this. Be objective about this. But then, actually, we are dealing with people and people are emotional. And we are people. And we are people too. And so we have candidates who make decisions, like, logically. Like, we can paint out all the logic for you. But at the end of the day, they will go with their gut feel, how they feel. Um, and that's where, like, okay, like, if you really feel like this, then go for it, lah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. to a certain point, I feel like I understand where they are coming from because they are going to be in the company for the next what one, two, three years plus. So I feel like some points I can understand where they are coming from. But sometimes, like you said previously, for somewhat reasons, uh, that that I might find it stupid. <laughs> Then Harry uh, will scold it internally. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like sometimes the internal recruiters or clients, they screwed it up because when you send a candidate for an interview, you want them to have the best interview experience with the company because it's the first touch. Ma. HR, you come in, you interview the candidate and you give them a good vibe la, about the company. But if let's say the experience is bad, 
then candidate wouldn't want to go or proceed with the second stage, even if they like the candidate. So that's something that we can't control. Like many times clients will come to us and say, please prep the candidate uh, to know how to answer, what to answer, give some tips. But I think sometimes we also need to prep the client. <laughs> please give good experience to the candidate. Mm. All right. First impressions matter. Really talking about love life. <laughs> we are really talking about love life. It's like matchmaking. Yeah. You don't want to do it, you better give good experience. Wow. I think we keep <laughs> emphasizing in our different episode already. Well, yeah, although we saw different kind of the ugly things that we do in recruitment, especially some discriminations, but there are some bright sides in our jobs, like making deals. <laughs> making deals, yeah. making deals, and making deals. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and also yeah. able to listen to different people's stories. I think that's yeah. really interesting to me la, at this stage. Yeah, so I The think... wins are very nice la, mm. when you win, yes. you close a deal, when you find your candidate, <laughs> their dream job, you know, you feel great. La. When close the really difficult job, it's like, Whoa! Yeah, that a sense of achievement. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about money. That, that point of time, it's not about money. Yeah, it's the sense like, of achievement. Yes, great. Yes. Sense of satisfaction as well. Yeah. So I guess I will try to do it, try to keep myself more passionate and try to keep my passion at that level for a longer time at this keep point. Keep the fire burning. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do. Like, consult a lot of people. How do you keep the fire burning? Get the motivation. I think whenever we talk to good candidates, like potential candidates who's doing very well in the current job, that motivates us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're such a good candidate. It feels so refreshing talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. I feel that. Yes, I feel that. I think before last last few weeks, I talked to quite a lot of candidates. It's not that good. Then last week, I talked to a very good candidate. Like, I must send him as soon as possible, like that. Yeah. Then it gives me some pumps lah to my job setting. True, that doesn't happen every day. It's been a while since I talked to this kind of candidate. I need some refreshment. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I guess that's enough for today. Thanks for listening to us. Please uh, feel free to let us know if you are looking out for different opportunities. Uh, we are covering different kind of function expertise in different industries, so get in touch with us. Uh, you can comment in, on our Instagram post or you can slide into our DMs. Uh, thanks for listening. Please like, follow, and subscribe on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram. We are also available on Apple Podcasts. Then do share with uh, your friends and also share with us about what's your opinions about the about this podcast and what we can improve. Thank you for your time today. Have a nice day. Goodbye.